Megatron, Taylor Brown, never drop this. Three catches, all scores, ready my shit. Make tips for myself, D hop shit. OBJ, I'm my rich and really watch shit. Okay, baby, watch this. Tyreek with the speed when I talk shit. Not again, you a lame, can't pause this. Peep, unfair, catch, yeah, the pause lit. I'll give a couple of reasons. Next year is gonna be a hell of a season. So many decisions in every division. The best part about it is nothing is given. Every game gonna be a head on collision. America's game in the palm of my wrist. And this game is cold, no forgetting your mittens. Go cut you a ticket and get a subscription. Yeah. You are now tuned in to Unfair Catch. Hey, let's discuss what's gonna be unfair next. Hey. You are now tuned in to Unfair Catch. Let's discuss what's gonna be unfair. Welcome back to another episode of Unfair Catch. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Jason. All right, man. We got a little bit of old news to catch up on real quick before we start diving into some newer stuff. So we're going to run down some of these headlines that we've missed while we were away, and then we'll get right into it. All right, so the first one, we're just going to off the rip. Yannick Ngakwe traded to the Ravens for a 2021 third-round pick and uh, 2022 fifth-round picks. Um, originally, the Vikings had given the Jags a second and a fifth back in August, and now Ngakwe on the move again from... Um, the Jags over to the Ravens. Um, Everson Griffin was a free agent this offseason, and he signed with the Cowboys, and I think it was late August, right before the season started, and they actually uh, they flipped him over and traded him to the Lions for a conditional sixth. Uh, I'm not sure if we've seen Everson Griffin play yet. I mean, I know we just had the Lions play on Thanksgiving, but I honestly didn't even realize if he was out there or not. Um, so this isn't really a big trade, but something that we wanted to touch on. Yep, something similar to, similar to that as well. Carlos Dunlap was traded to the Seahawks. Uh, former first-round pick goes to Seattle. You know, they're always looking to add uh, defensive line depth and edge rushers, and they, they get another one in Carlos Dunlap, who should pay off for them later on down the stretch. Yeah, something we haven't talked about since we haven't done a podcast in a while, but uh, the Buccaneers did add Antonio Brown uh, a couple weeks ago, and he hasn't played and uh, actually looks to be one of the focal points of their offense now, so I think that one's going to end up, you know, working out for them well in the playoffs down the stretch. Yeah, Tom Brady and Antonio Brown clearly still have that connection that they had in their short stint in New England. Um, they carry that over to Tampa Bay, and they still look to be clicking. You see Antonio Brown getting lots of targets over there, even with their stacked receiving cores and tight ends and running backs. So Antonio Brown, definitely a focal point of that Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And then we got the Ravens adding Des Bryant. He was originally added to their practice squad. We saw him get elevated a couple weeks ago, was out on the field a little bit. Um, saw minimal snaps, didn't really put up any stats. Last week, he got involved in the offense, had a few catches. Um, going to take him a little bit, I feel like, to get get his legs back underneath him. But, you know, it's good to see Des back out on the field. Yeah, I think he was like four catches for 28 yards, which honestly doesn't really doesn't really matter how, what he's putting up for stats right now. It's just nice to see Des back out there after a few years away. I know he tried to play for the Saints a couple of years ago and blew out his Achilles, so... You know, it's just nice seeing him out there finally. You know, we kind of we finally got the return of X. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty dope to see. All right, so we also have the Las Vegas Raiders uh, find $500,000 and stripped of a uh, 2021 six-round draft pick. Uh, Coach John Gruden has been fined an additional $150,000 by the NFL for what one source is describing to ESPN as a brazen and repeated violation of COVID-19 protocols. Yeah, we, we've seen a lot of teams kind of get a slap on the wrist for not really going through and doing the COVID protocols as well as you're supposed to. So I think the NFL really came down hard on the Raven, or on the Raiders, excuse me, 
to try and like set an example. And we've seen them kind of be more strict about having people with masks on the sidelines and making sure that coaches are always have their masks on um, as much as they should. So, um, yeah, we see the NFL kind of really laying down the hammer on these rules and making sure the teams aren't messing up anymore. Yeah, I mean, we we continue to see the head coaches not wearing their masks or not wearing the face shields. Um, the NFL, you know, is trying to make it a point where they're trying everything they can to make sure the season is going to shut down. And if you have coaches on the sidelines, I know that they're around the players all the time in practice and you can't really um, monitor if they're going to be wearing them in practice and whatnot. But, you know, when you're on the sidelines of the game, you, you really – it doesn't take much to keep your mask on. You know, just do it. You're, you know, you're going to lose a bunch of money and you're going to lose some draft picks. Um, hopefully that keeps teams from, you know, making similar mistakes. But I, I doubt this is the last we'll see of the fines and the draft pick stripper because, you know, things are ramping up right now. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure it has a lot to do with, like, the coaches coming in contact with the officials who they don't have it in their practice facilities every day. So those that's, like, new contact there as well as some of the other personnel that come in for game days as far as, like, the water water guys and all that stuff who aren't necessarily there every day as well. So yeah, it's just, just to keep everybody safe, it obviously makes a lot of sense and it should be something that the NFL is following. If it were me and I was one of these coaches, I would just pull a, um, an Andy Reid and just get one of those face shields. That way you're not messing with the mask all day. You have just a shield over your face, and that, that works fine for him. And the NFL has no problem with him wearing the face shield. So, I mean, if you want something that's going to be like the most like the least annoying thing that you have to wear i would just be rocking the face shield and not have to worry about pulling my mask up and down all yeah day. and it seems like there's enough room for people to breathe in those and mm-hmm. they can you know do everything you want you still have enough room to talk you don't have to take your mask off when you go to talk to people so um I, yeah i definitely think that's probably the best best approach for these guys that are definitely going to be calling plays on you know an offensive defensive player or something um they're obviously talking to somebody at all times so they're taking their masks off to go talk to the players they can just keep the face shield down and you know you can hear it just as well. So I think, yeah, I think definitely that'd be that'd be a better move for some of these coaches that exactly. are refusing to keep it on. 100%. And speaking of COVID, we're rolling into some news from this week that kind of just broke within the last day or two. Uh, we kind of been hearing about developing stories throughout the week, and now uh, we've got some hard news. Ravens versus Steelers, which was originally supposed to be the night game on Thanksgiving, got moved to Monday and then now moved to Tuesday night. Um, due to COVID, you know, you see some of the star players on the Ravens test positive is Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, all tested positive. And that game seems to be really in jeopardy of not even being played at all. I would think, in my own opinion, it's it's getting pretty close. Yeah, I think that the next couple of days, I think tomorrow and, you know, even Sunday morning when more test results come out, um, if they have a couple more people test positive tomorrow and a few more on Sunday, I think this game is definitely going to be postponed. And then we're going to see that week 18 that they finally approved come into effect, which uh, actually could then force them to add eight teams to the playoffs instead of seven. Mm-hmm. So I think we're starting to see why they you know, added some of these extra protocols and stuff into place. Um, we, when you, like I said, with everything, you know, getting ramped up right now, they need to, you know, have all options on the table so that they don't have to shut down the season. But uh, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. Uh, you know, if they don't get more more positives in the next few days, they will make them play. Uh, I know a lot of people are like saying, "Oh, it's Lamar Jackson; they're going to try and postpone it." That that's not true at all. Um, I mean, we've seen the Patriots play without Cam Newton, and we've seen other people play without starters, so mm-hmm. that's not true. And they're not having any special treatment for them. So, I mean, and that's an uneducated statement for people to be making to begin with. So, um, it's all going to depend on if people keep if they keep having positives pop up, just to keep uh, you know their players safe and you know, obviously the Steelers. Yeah, for sure. And like the theme of the season so far has been um, we're just basically curtailing everything to what's going on with COVID, right? And we see now 
throughout the country, not just specific areas, but the tests are, are shooting back up to um, about as high as it was back in April and May when we had some of our highest numbers in the country. We're getting right back up there now. So that's something that's going to also be um, affecting football. And we see it now with even not even just the Ravens. Like we see DeForest Buckner um, test positive and we've seen other guys around the league test positive. So um, as well as as far as it's going in our country, we're also seeing it in the NFL as well, where more people are popping up. And that's exactly what you said. The NFL had to put these protocols in place to add, um, in case they have to delay games, add, they add the week 18, flex another team into the playoffs just to make it um, more evenly matched throughout the season so we can get into the NFL playoffs and not yeah, have anything really get shut not, down. Especially if you're not going to do a bubble like some of the other teams. It's, it's impossible for the NFL to do a bubble with that many pl- that many people um, on a team and that many like coaches and all that all that other stuff that it takes for each game to happen so a bubble's not going to make sense for them so yeah it definitely makes sense that you know you're gonna have to have extra protocols in place and you know kind of have to hope for the best and you know players need to stop players and coaches need to stop going out into the public when they're not supposed to or you know not taking the correct protocols hanging out with people outside of their team stuff like that Mm -hmm. so we've seen it since the beginning of COVID with the nfl um certain guys here and there just don't take the protocol seriously and then they end up getting in trouble for it or ruining it for other people whether they bring it into the contact with them and then get them sick and their yeah. respected like position groups so we see like you see it all the time like one position group just gets wiped out like a whole offensive line test positive or the whole tight end room test positive because one guy decides to be an idiot and go get a drink at a bar and then all of a sudden now you know what i mean i'm not saying that's exactly what happened but it's that's how you transfer COVID. So I mean, right. it's and it's I mean, it's obviously tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody. We're all kind of constricted on what we can, what, what we can and can't do. But you have millions of dollars on the line, people's safety. You're in contact with them all throughout the game. I mean, the NFL is kind of tough to not be in contact with someone during the game. It's a contact sport. So yeah, I mean, what it seems like with the Ravens though, it seems like every other incident with any other team was an isolated one where they were, you know, maybe a couple of the people might have gone. Uh, the Ravens, we there's been eight people, eight starters plus multiple coaches already affected by this. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they also got a fine coming, mm. uh, maybe a strip of draft pick just based off, you know, not following the protocols because something definitely did, something definitely happened that wasn't supposed to. Exactly. Something's clearly going on over there, and I'm sure they're, I'm sure the NFL is looking into it and kind of figuring out what happened because they obviously do their contract tracing and kind of where guys kind of cross paths and all that stuff so they're definitely going to get to the bottom of it and i'm sure we'll hear something about any type of punishment coming within the next few weeks i'm sure yeah definitely so the texans today mutually decided with receiver kenny stills to part ways stills was on the final year of his contract and will now hit waivers uh just off the top of my head a couple teams that i know need receivers uh the dolphins i know they need one but i know he had kind of a uh an unpleasant leaving right, right yeah, the kind time. of sour. He kind of left with a sour taste in his mouth. Yeah, from Miami. he wasn't really getting along with management or the coaches. So, uh, you know, they traded him in the uh, Laramie Tunsil trade. Uh, I mean, obviously the Packers are going to be brought up anytime there's a receiver brought up. Um, there's going to be a lot of playoff teams. I don't imagine a team that, you know, isn't in the playoff race would be the one to claim him. There's really no point at this. There's really no point in them getting him. Um, He's a decent receiver. He's like a wide receiver three, you know, wide receiver two. He's not He's not a number one. He's not anything that you can build around. So I think, I don't know, I don't know if you have any teams off the top of your head besides the Packers or Dolphins or, I don't Like know. you said, I think it would be some of these teams that are looking for receiver depth that are playing to make a playoff run, you know what I mean? So the Packers definitely top my list. Um, we've seen the Packers kind of fumble the bag as far as 
getting Aaron Rodgers receiver help, so I don't necessarily think that they will actually end up getting Kenny Stills. But and we see Aaron Rodgers kind of balling out with with his supporting cast oh, right now. Cleveland could be a an interesting one. They did lo- did lose OBJ. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really have a whole lot of uh, veteran depth there. They you know they have a couple guys, but I mean that could, that could be a team that you know could snag them. I mean I feel like the Raiders claim everybody, so that's yeah. another one. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean the Redskins might need a, another receiver in there. Uh, the Washington football team, but yeah. Excuse me, please please pardon me. <laughs> I've been making this mistake all season. Uh, yeah, the Washington football team. When are we going to get a real name, by the way? Because like, I know that they very recently came out and said that football team is like an actual contender to be yeah, their full team. They, they said it's an actual contender, and honestly, I think as fans of the NFL, we need to step up and make sure that they get a real team name. <laughs> you cannot be the football team. Yeah. Like, what is your mascot? What's your mascot? A football? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. We need to get a real team name. Um, let's take this a little more serious. You have multi millions of dollars, yeah. you know, especially for your your fans of that team. They have like Washington. a lot. They're in Washington, like the capital of the United States. You know, what I mean, like they have plenty of options to choose from as far as team names. They can come up with something better than Washington Football Team. Let's yeah, be real. That's definitely. a lazy. And if they still haven't even came up with like a couple finalists at this point, it's been multiple months. So, yeah. you know, that's just laziness. Yeah. And speaking of the football team, they are. Um, currently in the lead for their division, that sorry, sorry, sorry sack of shit division that we so know and love. Um, they've changed division winners like what the last like ten years or some shit like that. Yeah, Something crazy. It's, it's been brutal. Um, you know, it's unfortunate for the Cowboys. They've had so many injuries. That team, you know, right when Dak went down, we we all knew. You know, they were they were it was going to be tough for them. To even even if, if they made the playoffs, they weren't going to do much with it. Uh, that was a team that everyone thought was going to have a decent run this year. Um. At this point, I don't even know. I'm, sh- I'm not even sure if Mike McCarthy's going to get a second year. I think that they just look unorganized, and you know, I know they have a lot of injuries, and that's not that shouldn't really fall on the coach. He should probably get another year. See see what happens next year. Um, but uh, it doesn't really seem like they're they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it's most likely going to happen that the winner of this division is going to be under 500 and finding themselves in the playoffs. Right now, like I said, it's the Washington football team in the lead from the division. I don't, I don't know if they're going to end up winning the division, that, but that defense is an absolute problem. So their defense could honestly carry them to a playoff spot. But like I said, that division's a friggin' mess. So we'll see what kind of happens yeah, at the I mean, back I, end of the season. I can't season. exactly see the Giants making it. They're not very. They're not. I don't even think they could beat any of the other teams in the division. For I mean, when it, when it matters, um, I think it's going to be between Washington. And I think it's going to be between. The Cowboys or the Eagles. Um, the Eagles, I have no idea what's going on with them. Um, unfortunately, Carson Wentz doesn't look like the same quarterback. No, Carson but Wentz is a shit bum. You know what? It is what it is, and we'll move on from it. Yes. Speaking of the Cowboys, they played on Thanksgiving yesterday and suffered even more offensive line injuries. They've been dealing with offensive line injuries throughout the entire season, and now they get another two guys that will be out for multiple weeks. Uh, that is Zach Marion and Cam Irving. Uh, Zach Marion, obviously, Pro Bowl offensive lineman for the Cowboys. Everybody knows Zach Marion. Everybody knows he's a stud. So th- that one's going to hurt for him. And then Cam Irving was a guy that they had in there for depth as far as all the injuries that they already had on the line. So those two right there are going to even ma- make it even tougher for the Cowboys to find any type of offensive success. And um, God bless Andy Dalton and Ezekiel Elliott for having to do work behind that line because... It's honestly going to be a struggle, and um, it just doesn't 
it just doesn't add any uh, positive news to the already slew of negative news that the Cowboys have been dealing with all year. So, yeah. All right, let's talk about some MVP and defense MVP predictions. Uh, I, we're halfway through the year here. Um, you know, what did you say when we back on the other podcast that we did earlier in the season before the season started? We did our preseason MVP picks. Who was your MVP pick at the beginning of the year? Do you remember? I believe we all said Russ, didn't we? Yeah, I think we all said Russ. It's holding up. Um, I, I, it was either Russ or we were like, we're obviously not going to pick Mahomes again. You know, mm-hmm. people don't usually win back to back on those things. Um, right. I know my. I remember my, Lamar that won last year. Uh, Lamar won last year. Mahomes won Super Bowl yeah, MVP. Mahomes was, yeah, yeah. And, and Lamar's before. having a down year, so he's definitely yeah, not so going to win it again. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I still like Russ. Uh, Mahomes is still going to be up there. Yeah. Your boy Josh Allen's in the mix. <sighs> he's not in the mix. No. Don't think he's he f- probably in the mix, but he shouldn't be in the mix. Yeah, I think um, it's far and away Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's award to lose. I think he's definitely got it locked up. He's playing out of his absolute mind right now. Almost three thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, ten interceptions already, and they're that still insane. Bro, we're just getting to week twelve, so and we're expecting the Seahawks to make a playoff push. Um, I had picked them to go to the Super Bowl, so hopefully my prediction holds up. And um, that defense is uh, absolute dog shit. So Russ is going to have to do some magic throughout the rest of the year and the playoffs to get them there. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's his, like you said, it's his award to lose. Um, I think he looks he looks great, and you know I think they should be in the playoffs this year. I think it's going to be tough. That's a tough division, which makes him, you know, him being in the MVP race that much better, that much more better. Whatever. Yeah. Because he's playing good teams every week. He's not playing shit bums fucking mm-hmm. like the NFC East every week. He's right. Not, exactly. But yeah, let's talk about defense MVP. Um, I think I said Minka Fitzpatrick for MVP. Yeah. I wanted to go TJ Watt, but I think our buddy Steve actually. I, I think I went with TJ Watt yeah, as well. Some, you yeah. went with TJ Watt. I think I wanted to try right, to switch so it Steve up. Steve went with um, Tyron Matthew. No, that's who it was. Yeah. And you went TJ Watt. Yeah. Uh, I honestly think TJ Watt was probably the right pick. Um, he honestly looks phenomenal out there. Yeah. And, he looks, you know, kind of, he's getting to that dominant, that spot, kind of like his brother JJ. Exactly. Was for he's, a while. he's hitting his stride and, and um, just becoming a dominant force on defense. The Steelers have like the best defense in the league right now. Um, TJ Watt has nine sacks already on the year. Last year he had 14 and a half. So he's probably on pace to pass that this year. Uh, yeah, I think TJ Watt definitely is the favorite to win, but I think a sneaky dark horse, low key. Might be Xavier Howard for defensive player of the you year. You know, I was thinking that, but I don't think he'll win. I, I but I feel like he should get some recognition just because it's the Dolphins. Um, I don't think he'll get it. Um, I mean, the issue is he also gives up quite a few passes. Um, some like in some games, he'll he'll get beat, give up some touchdowns. But yeah, he does have a bunch of picks. And uh, you know, if he was as shut down as he used to be in a couple of years ago, and he still had those numbers, you know, he should have been in that situation. But I honestly don't think they're going to give it to him, so that, I think that's unfortunate. But Yeah, I mean, he's already got six interceptions on the year. Um, should have had seven, which would have been seven in a row, because one dropped right off his hands. It would have been seven games in a row with the pick. Um, yeah, he had a nice streak going. He's got six now. I think that he should... I'm not saying that he should win the award, but I think that he should be in the conversation for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I might think, be a little bit biased. I think Aaron Donald will also be in, in the yeah, conversation. He's again. always he's in, the in the conversation every year. Yeah. I mean, can't discredit him. Uh, I think Miles Garrett definitely would have been in the conversation, but it looks like he's going to miss the next two games due to COVID. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think that's going to knock him down a bit. So I, I honestly think it's TJ Watts. Uh, he's on the undefeated Steelers team. Um, I think it's, you know, it's his to lose. Yeah. So our consensus midseason MVP is go to Russell Wilson for offensive, TJ Watt for defensive. Yeah, I think it's that's definitely, you know, the way it's going. Uh, Want to talk about offensive rookie of the year and defense rookie of the year? The offensive rookie of the year? Um, there's been a lot of a lot of um, shining rookies so far this year. You know, we've seen Joe Burrow, even though he went down with the injury. You know, he could you could have put him in the conversation beforehand. Um, we got Antonio Gibson, who's absolutely playing out of his mind as of late. You know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is not living up to the expectations that we expected from him, but he is still playing very well. But I think, uh, hands down, it's got to go to Justin Herbert, who's don't get me wrong, his team's not winning a lot of ball games, but it's not because of Herbert, he's playing absolutely, absolutely out of his mind. Not only just the best rookie quarterback in the league right now, but I think he's been playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's throwing multiple touchdowns a game. He's limiting his turnovers. Uh, I think he's playing He's playing great. Uh, I went with CEH, Clyde edwards there before the season started, and uh, I thought that one was going to be a, an easy shoe-in. I thought mm-hmm. just from that offense, he would be, he'd be the guy, but... You know he's not he's not looking like he like he was early in the season, and I think uh, I think Herbert's running away with it, and I think Burrow probably would have given him a run for his money, but unfortunately, you know he had that devastating knee injury. Who, so uh, yeah, I think it's definitely Herbert's uh, Herbert's to lose, and I think the defensive rookie of the year is Chase Young. I I mean the guy every time I watch the the Washington football team play, I, the guy's just a force off the edge. Um, I know there's definitely some other guys that are worthy of it, but. You know he's obviously the big name there, so I feel like I feel like I'll probably get it. Yeah, uh, I think Chase Young definitely is the leader in the clubhouse as far as defensive rookie of the year. Um, we can throw some love towards Antoine Winfield Jr. in Tampa Bay as well. He's playing great, and Patrick Queen is doing what we expected him to do in Baltimore. So I think those are the top three guys right now that really are just stepping up to the plate. But yeah, like you said, Chase Young is a legitimate game changer, and we've seen that Washington defense propel to a top 10 squad this year and they're looking really really good and Washington has something good over there in their defense and you see that um, Chase Young is kind of the the pioneer of that squad back there yeah I think that definitely all those guys you mentioned are definitely up there um, what do you think about coach of the year you got anybody in mind that you think is uh, you know leaning to who you're leaning towards I, or who's I don't ready? know man I'm gonna stick with my original prediction that we did back in the beginning of the year and I'm gonna go with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona He's doing exactly what I thought he was going to do. Um, he took a he took a squad with all this talent. Usually, people say like when you throw that much talent on one team, it doesn't work out. But Cliff is doing an amazing job with Kyler. Um, we see Kyler. You could throw Kyler in the MVP candidate conversation as well. Um, not not saying that he's going to beat out Russ for the award, but he is someone that we can talk about as an MVP candidate. Um, you, so you see Cliff working really well with Kyler. He's definitely taking the next step to being uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, we see what he's doing with DeAndre Hopkins, who hasn't switched up and hasn't missed any steps by switching teams this year. Um, yeah, I just love the way that Cliff Kingsbury is handling that Arizona squad. He's making them a playoff um, contender. And um, yeah, he'd be my pick. There's there's a, there's a few names you could throw on there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my original prediction that I said preseason and, and stick with Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think that's a good pick, um, you know. It's a team that has improved from last year, and they're definitely heading in the right direction, and they're definitely building something there. Um, obviously, you got you have to have Mike Tomlin in the conversation. He's got an undefeated team right now, so mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably the favorite. Um, I would also throw out um, 
Brian Flores with the Dolphins. I think that, you know, after what he had to go through last year in a, in a decimated roster, I think mm-hmm. this year, you know, he's, he's bouncing back pretty nicely and looking like a decent coach. Um, it's obviously going to see how they finish, but I think right now, I think those three guys are definitely in the conversation. Yeah, I would throw Bruce Arians up there as well. Uh, Tampa Bay with the kind of like a whole new squad over there on offense with Brady and Antonio Brown and Gronk and um, Leonard Fournette. And we see them getting primed up for a playoff push as well. So I would throw Bruce Arians up in that. Yeah, and just to round it out, I think uh, Stefanski and Cleveland is definitely going to be up there as well. We saw last year that they had a talented team, and obviously the coaching was the issue because this year they're 7-3 and and they're they're finally squeaking out those close wins that they weren't getting a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that team's definitely in the. They're definitely looking like a playoff team, and they probably will snag one of those wild card spots. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to go through and talk about uh, any updated Super Bowl predictions? What was your preseason prediction? Do you remember? Uh, mine was Pittsburgh versus the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I, my Pittsburgh one's looking good. Yeah, Pittsburgh and, one's uh, looking real good. You I mean, said they were going to be the dark horse preseason. You said watch out for with big with a healthy Ben and all the weapons that they're going to they're going to be a, a sneaky team. But now they're looking like the favorite coming out of the AFC, sitting yeah, at nine I and zero. Right I thought they were. You know, I'll stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think they're. You know, I think they're looking good. Um, I'm going to go Packers honestly for the def- for the NFC. I think that that team is built for the playoffs. Um, you know, run game is going to come in needy. Is going to come in hand. Mm-hmm. I think that their defense is uh, going to do just enough. Uh, Unfortunately, I think the Seahawks defense is gonna really is gonna really affect yeah. them in the playoffs. It's not looking like they're improving at all. That secondary is looking like a liability. So, I mean, I like the Packers, and I mean, it's hard not to pick the Bucks. That that team is just so talented. Um, but and that defense is really nasty too. Yeah, and that defense is you know Antoine Winfield and the rest of that defense, Monte David. You know, they're all looking good out there. Jason Pierre-Paul. I think that. I think that that team is going to make a decent run, but I think they will come up short. And I think that the Packers will probably be the team to beat them. Yeah. I mean, my original pick preseason was the Seahawks out of the NFC and the Chiefs out of the AFC. Um, Still looking pretty solid as far as um, those two squads. But yeah, I am really concerned about that Seahawks defense. That might make me want to change my pick for the NFC. Um, But I don't know, man. We... There, Russ is just doing something special over there in Seattle. I, I think that he single-handedly, him and that offense with DK stepping up and Lockett balling out, and if Chris Carson can get back to 100%, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Seahawks in the NFC. I think that they're going to um, do some work in the playoffs. But yeah, that defense is obviously a liability, and so that's what I'm nervous about. Yeah. Um, in the AFC, I do like the Steelers, obviously. Um they're probably, like I said, the favorite, and you nailed that one on the head preseason. So good pick by you. Uh, my Chiefs pick still looking good. Obviously, it's the Chiefs. You know, they're they come to play every week. So I'm just gonna stick with my original prediction. Um, not really change it up much, but yeah, Seattle versus um, Kansas City in the in the Super Bowl for me still. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong there. You know, the Chiefs look like a really good team, and they probably will be the one to knock off the Steelers, but. Yeah, I'm also gonna. St- I'm obviously gonna stay with what I thought, and um, you know, obviously they're looking good right now, especially with that defense being such a force. Exactly. Well, you see that what it takes to be a Super Bowl squad is it's a lot of these defense have to be able to hold up through the playoffs when you start playing the best teams in the league. You know what I mean? So yeah. the Steelers have that type of defense, um, and the the Chiefs have a defense that's good enough to get them there. Um, like you said about the Packers, their defense is good enough to get them there. So. Um, a lot of these weak defensive teams are going to have um, some troubles in the playoffs. So, yeah. All right. So I have 14 teams 
in two spots where you could pick your own team. Let's go. Do, let's do a couple of the, uh, like maybe two or three, and uh, let's just talk about what they need to do in the off season to maybe get into the conversation for us to for not just us but for the you know for them in the NFL to be contenders next year. Yeah. So or, you know build in the right direction. Right. So we're gonna pick a we're gonna pick a team. You have them written down on paper, um, just so you guys don't think we're just pulling these out of thin air. Um, so Jay's gonna give me a name, and I'm gonna basically go out go over what I think that they need to work on. This is obviously, it's mid-season. We've seen enough of these teams to kind of figure out where their holes are, what they're good at, what they're bad at. Right. So we're just going to go in here and, and, and yeah, talk so about we'll talk what about we think where, that they should do. Where they are right now projected to be picking, what we think that yeah. they need to work on in the offseason. We're not, we're not going to go through free agents or any of those things. We're yeah, like gonna, no specific names or anything. Yeah, we're just gonna about, positions, maybe throw out a couple rookie names, just keep an eye on for them. But Yeah, yeah. so I just picked the New York Giants. They're definitely yeah. going to be picking in the top five. Right. What yeah, they? they're projected six right now. They're projected and, uh, six. They're definitely they're looking like a top ten pick again. Yeah. So I mean Um so we've seen they addressed the offensive line with Andrew Thomas this year. I still think that they need offensive line help. Um that offensive line is brutal. Whatever they've been trying to do with signing people and drafting people, nothing has stuck, nothing's working out. They have no type of co- cohesive um energy over there on that offensive line. It's looking really bad. So I think that they still need to address the offensive line. They they just have a lot of holes. I I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. I wasn't pre-draft when he got drafted. I'm not now that he's in the league. I don't see them moving on from him right now. But I don't think that Daniel Daniel Jones is the answer. Um, Saquon's obviously going to come back, so I don't think they need running back. But they should pick up somebody um, for depth in the dra- like mid round pick, late round pick, because yeah. Saquon's obviously an injury liability. Yeah, he definitely is. He's definitely a liability. Um, you know, they they didn't really have a contingency plan behind him. Wayne Gallman's not the guy. I mean, adding Devontae Freeman obviously helps, but it's not the same type. You know, it doesn't have that burst that he used to have. Um, like you said, I don't think they're going to move on from Daniel Jones just not being in the top five. They don't yeah. really have a spot for him. They could go for a Trey Lance or, you know, they could reach and go for like a Kyle Trask or something like that, depending on if they all come out. Um mm-hmm. I think that this team is actually in a really good spot to get Jamar Chase, and I think that that's probably somebody that they'll yeah. lean towards. I was going to say, another, that receiving get another, group. Get another uh, superstar there. Um, I think they can add more uh, offensive line depth through free agency, and uh, you know, there's a couple other tackles that are going to be mid, like second-round picks. Um, you know, they could they could go in, if Penny Seawall falls to them, they could go with him, or they can go for like a Samuel Cosme from Texas Longhorns. But... I think that for the fan base, for them not to lose hope in everything that's going on, I think that they'll probably get. They're gonna have to, you know, get a like a skill position here. Yeah, I agree. That defensive side of the ball needs a lot of work as well. They the Giants majority uh, mostly have more holes than they do um, plugged holes. You know what I mean? Yeah. For so sure. they got they got a lot of roster reworking to do. But you know what I do like about the Giants? I will say this. Um, I wasn't a believer in Joe Judge preseason. I'm not completely sold on him, but. That team is playing hard for Joe Judge. Yeah, I think that the the talent is more of the issue right now than the coaching. Uh, I think that the Dave Gettleman probably should be you know replaced in the off season mm-hmm. with anybody. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Maybe maybe they go the Todd Mc the uh, who did the Raiders son Mike Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock. Maybe they go the go get like a Todd McShay or something like spice it up there. But you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other people that are you know capable of doing the job there and I don't think Dave Gettleman's no he obviously hasn't been doing a great job but alright alright let's pick another one here alright alright we're going with just give me a random one that one bang you pick 
right? So you can pick a team, any team. It doesn't have to. You can pick any team. It doesn't have to be a top ten team. It doesn't have to be a top five team. It could be a playoff team. Anybody that you want to talk about. Um, Somebody to you know. Could be a playoff team that you want to pick that you know. Gets yeah. a player that goes over the edge. Could be a early round pick. Let's go. Um, this is a really interesting team for me. The, we just watched them play last night. The Washington Football Team. Okay, so right now they're you know projected to be in the playoffs. So obviously they're not very good. So they're projected nineteenth. Uh, right. Um. Yeah. Uh, you want to start it off? I mean, I feel like first and foremost we have to talk about their quarterback situation. They ended up benching Dwayne Haskins and rolling with. Now they have Alex Smith in there. Um, so I feel like that, that that squad is not sold on Dwayne Haskins. And originally we would think, oh, they're going to get an early pick. They have a really bad record. But now they're looking like the favorites to win the division and making it to the playoffs. So that's going to really throw them out of the loop for uh, one of these top quarterbacks. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think they need to find a quarterback that they believe in. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Maybe they can try and flip him in the offseason and get some kind of value like the, the Cardinals did with Rosen. Something like that. I don't think that he's the guy. But yeah, it's going to be tough for them to get much back. Maybe yeah. they get a mid-round pick. It's not going to be a second-round pick like you saw with Rosen. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, unfortunate there. But yeah, I do think they need to add another receiver opposite of Terry McLaurin. Um, I'm happy with their running back in, in, in Gibson. Their offensive line is actually really good. I'm happy with their offensive line. And then the defense is is the is the power behind the team right now. I don't really see any necessary holes. Obviously, um they can plug they could probably use a linebacker, but their secondary seems to be holding up very well and their defensive line is obviously disgusting. So um yeah. Yeah, Washington I think the, football team. the quarterback is definitely something they need to address. Um yeah. unfortunately I think Alex Smith coming off that injury, you know, he's not that same guy. Um I don't think he'll, he's ever going to be the same guy again. It's a feel-good story. You know, he looks decent out there, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to lead you very, very far. I think I think he'll stick around and be a, a good, you know, mentor for a young quarterback or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they bring in another veteran to start over him. But, uh, yeah, it's not it's not looking like he's going to end up being the guy. Um, that's unfortunate, but, you know, I think that for now we're probably going to, you know, they're going to have to try and find a way to get up and get a quarterback if they end up not winning the division and end up in the top 10. If they don't, if they don't win the division, they're going to end up with a top 10, top 12 pick. Right. So, you know, they might be in a, in a spot, I keep saying, like a Trey Lance. You know, they might be in a spot for him or a Zach Wilson. So, I mean, they, I mean, yeah. they have options. Exactly. But they're these aren't have guys to... that are going to be, you know, talked about as much in the same context as Justin Fields or... Trevor Lawrence. These right. are going to be guys that are, you know, are going to need some time to groom. Yeah, these are like your Ryan Tannehill's in a draft class of Andrew Luck and RG three. Right, you know exactly. I mean? These are the guys that if you're in, if you find yourself in that bottom top ten, you're going to have to do the legwork to really research these guys and find a guy that you like and, and that you can invest your future in. So I do think that their defense is you know trending in the right direction. So I think if they, like you said, go go get some playmakers if they can't get a quarterback, maybe mm-hmm. you bring a you know veteran in. I, I don't even know who's available for the veterans at this point, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe maybe you can you can get one of those guys. Or like, but I mean, maybe you go and get a tight end in the first round or a receiver. So that's definitely plenty of playmakers with Henry, uh, not Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. and you know Pat Fairmont will probably be available there. Kyle Pitts, right? You know, they definitely need a tight end with um. Logan Thomas is serviceable, but I don't think he's going to be a long-term tight end fix for them. Yeah, I think he'll be a decent, you know, number two, yeah. but I don't think yeah. he'll be he'll be a long-term guy. Sure. All right, let's do another one here. Let's get it. Feed me the teams. 
Who can we get? Who can we get? Who can we get? I got two. That was another you pick. I don't want to pick again. We got the Bengals. The Bengals. An, an interesting squad here. I think we all definitely know who the Bengals need. I mean, they definitely got a quarterback. Um, yeah, they got I think the quarterback. we can all sit here and say that he's he's good enough. I think yep. that it's trying in their direction. All right, so right now they're projected as a third overall pick. They need to go offensive line. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be Panay well. Has to be. Um, I don't see how it's not. I don't know what else they would need. I mean, they yeah. have needs all over the place. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, but they have a receiver in T. Higgins and they have Tyler Boyd. I yeah. mean, A.J. Green's probably gone at the end of the year. He's a free agent. Right. Um, you know, you need a tight end, but you're not taking him at three. And then you need you need defense. There's there's no defensive player at this spot where I would sit there and say, take him over Panay Seawall. Exactly. I'm not banging the table for any of these defensive guys at three yeah, right so now. Yeah, so I think you go Seawall. Um, I know you have Jonah Williams. I think he'd be a very good guard. Mm -hmm. um, you can kick him either at right tackle or you can stick him at left guard. You know, there, boom, your your line's looking good. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're obviously going to need to add more than just that, but Seawall's going to make sure that Burrow doesn't get absolutely murdered like he did already. I mean... It's very unfortunate. This is what we say when when the reason why we didn't want Tua to play is because we weren't sure if the offensive line was going to protect him. Mm -hmm. He absolutely got obliterated this week, last weekend, along with Burrow. Co young quarterbacks develop bad habits when they don't have enough time to throw and enough, not enough time to process the field. Yes, part of the issue is they're not you know going through regressions fast enough because they're not up to speed in the game. But that offensive line, if you just watch a second of the, the Bengals play, you know. Burrow is doing as much as he can. It's the offensive line's issue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. Get go get Panay Well, you know, let's let's do something here. Exactly. That offensive line is far and away their mo their biggest need. Um, everywhere else on their offense, I'm pretty happy. Receiving core is young, but coming together, you can add a guy there in free agency or whatever to round them out. You yeah. already paid Joe Mixon. You're not looking for a running back. Maybe you add and and they seem to be happy with Geo as their change of pace number two guy. So you're not really looking for that. As far as the defense goes, their defense still needs a lot of work. So I think they're going to primarily address offensive line and basically anywhere on the defense yeah, I this, think you this could, offseason. You could pick any any spot on the defense and say they need an upgrade. Edge rusher, defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, exactly. safety. Mm -hmm. I mean, that whole defense needs a remake. And I honestly, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I don't think Zach Taylor is a good NFL coach. And I think you need to replace him. Yeah, you've been saying that since he's hired. I liked Zach Ta Zach Taylor as um, a quarterback's coach. I didn't mind him as an offensive coordinator uh, candidate. But yeah, the head coach was a little too early, too soon for him. Um, I think that he could be a good uh, NFL head coach in the future. I just think he needs more time to... Um, I honestly would go and go... I would do it, and I think it's going to be a little extreme. I think it might be way too early for this guy, but I would go and get him You know, reunited with Joe Brady, the offense coordinator for the Panthers. I think. Yeah. I think that he's been around the NFL game enough, and I think that he, you know, has been around college enough. Uh, I think he'd be a very good addition to sit there, and you know, it might take him a few years, two, three, maybe four years for him to get the, you know, get the gist of it. But I would go and get him a defensive coordinator, like a Dan Quinn or something yeah, like that, a veteran somebody that has been a coach before mm -hmm. who can, you know, show him the ropes, you know, yeah. get him, get him in there, and. You know, maybe we're sitting here in four or five years saying, wow, this Bengals team has come together with Joe Brady, who's finally turning 40 years old or 30 years old. I don't even know how the guy's young. So He's like, young, yeah. Him and, him and Burrow together, can they can, you know, they can groom and we'll, we'll have this conversation in five years and talk about how, you know, how good they're doing. That's exactly. what I think. But I think that's a perfect scenario for the Bengals. I think that Joe Brady is the offensive guru that they wish that Zach Taylor was. Um, he's clearly not. 
So I think bringing in Joe Brady, and like you said, you would need that veteran presence as your defensive coordinator because they need a defensive-minded coach uh, or defensive-minded defensive coordinator there to really hammer home that defense. And someone like Dan Quinn, who has the head coaching experience, who can steer Joe Brady in the right direction, would be. Uh, I think that'd be a perfect match um, if a scenario like that plays out. But you right. know, we'll see what the, what the and Bengals do, man. It has to be a defensive team. It has to be a defensive coach because you're not going to bring in a veteran offense coordinator who's not going to call the plays because obviously Joe Brady is going to probably be doing that. So, exactly. Uh, I go defense coordinator. Dan Quinn's, you know, top yeah, first name on the top he's, of the list. He's looking for a job, and I think that that would, you know, be a good spot for him if he's willing to take it. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. All right, you want to do another one or yeah, you want to wrap it up? Let's do one more, one more. All right, one more, then we'll, we'll call it quits. All right, man. Who can we get? Um, no, because I don't want to pick it up. <laughs> All right, come on. Give me somebody good. Chargers. Chargers, interesting squad. All right, so the LA Chargers. We know they got we know they got the quarterback. Justin Herbert. What clear. else do they need? Um Let's see. Where are they projected right now? They, they have are a, sitting at 5. Yeah. So I think at 5 you probably go BPA, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they still need some some additions on the offensive line. I know they got Brian Belaga and Trey Turner. Um, mm-hmm. Left tackle is probably, you know, would be a good one here to get if somehow Seawall falls, falls to them or maybe they move up a little bit and, you know, get him. But, you know, they can keep building on that defense. There's plenty of guys, you know, get some, they have some aging pass rushers in Melvin Ingram. You know, maybe you go and get Gregory Rousseau or... You know, one of yeah, those guys. They um, definitely need a. I think they definitely uh, pass rushers definitely high on their priority list. We see that Joey Bosa still can't stay healthy. Melvin Ingram is aging, um, but they're you know they do need defensive line help even as far as D tackles. But I don't I don't see a D tackle that's going to go as high as yeah. There's no D tackle that's going to go. They there. do need a pass rusher though. Bad. They need some pass rushers, and that secondary is an issue. Maybe they go yep. and get a Patrick Sertan. I know we're both huge high on that guy. You being oh, yeah. a Bama fan and yeah. just you know Dolphins fans with Patrick Sertan mm-hmm. junior senior. But yeah, I think that Patrick Sertan would fit in nice there. It'd be a number one cornerback for him. They need some physicality in that secondary. Yeah, I mean if Derwin James can ever get healthy for uh, you know a game, that'd be mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, but maybe next year he finally gets to stay healthy and then you get Patrick Sertan and maybe they'll make a run at it. I think that they have the quarterback. They have a number one receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a good running back in Austin Eckler. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Yeah. You know, obviously, I'd bring in a rookie, but you, know, you can do that later in the mm-hmm. in the thing. I think that you you need to get some, you need a left tackle, and I think you need secondary and pass rush out. Yep, I would say that's the top three. Um, you can never, with a young quarterback like Herbert, you can never give him enough offensive line help. So I think they need to keep bringing in those guys to make sure that Her- Herbert stays healthy because that's obviously the key to your franchise right now. Definitely. And yeah, like I said about the pass rushers, you know, you definitely need a pass rusher, multiple. I feel like with the way that 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 edge rush is looking for for LA. Then yeah, the secondary is is probably their biggest issue on defense. Are you an Anthony currently. Lynn guy? Do you think that's the right guy to be running that off that that team, or do you think that they're going to be you know in the hunt for a new coach? I don't know. When when we see teams kind of like that can't close games like the Chargers are doing right now, we see that they're in the game every week, but they can't seem to close and they can't seem to get over the hump. So a lot of the times that falls on coaching and not necessarily the talent. I think the talent's on the squad. We see the receiver. We see the offense doing their job. Um, I think it might it might be time to change to move on from Anthony Lynn, even though I, I'm not necessarily like 
uh, an Anthony Lynn hater or anything, but like I said, when you see that these teams can't close and they're in the game every week and they just can't seem to get across the finish line, a lot of the times that happens to fall on coaching, so maybe they need to reevaluate what they got going on over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I honestly would give them one more year. Um, I mean, this team's not going to be competing next year. I think that they're going to be a couple years away. They need to get younger on defense, so... I mean, I don't see anybody competing for them next year. I think that, you know, he's got a good relationship with uh, Tom Telesco, their GM there. So I think that I think I would give him another year. I don't I don't personally see a whole lot of uh, coaching candidates that I would, you know, would really want to come work with Justin Herbert. I think Anthony Lynn's doing a fine job with him. And, I, you know, I'd kind of like to give him one more year and see how he does with that offense with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really want to switch things up too much, especially if it's clicking for him at this point. So in that vertical per- passing offense, I think I think definitely I would give him another year. But if you can go and get a top offensive, I, I, didn't, I mean, the only guy I really know of right now is Joe Brady. But mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else, you know, unless you can get one of those young, like a Matt Campbell from Iowa State, which I don't think would take that job, so... Um, I think I would give Anthony Lynn one more year. Yeah, I'm not opposed to giving Anthony Lynn another year. I just don't know if he's the long term, um, the long term answer yeah, for their head not. coaching spot. Definitely, I don't think. Yeah. I think that they will eventually move on from him. But I, I think, like I said, that give him. He's on a short leash. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, I think that wraps it up for this episode of Unfair Catch. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you check out the show. Um, every every time we upload, you know, you can follow the social medias at Unfair Catch on Instagram and Twitter. We're always posting just like little updates here and there, stuff that's going on on social media. But we'll yeah, be, we're, uh, definitely we're, not we're pretty active. Do, we're not going to do something. You know, we're going to be active on social media, but yeah. we're not going to do podcasts. Uh, you know, we obviously, you know, tend to go towards more like the draft process. But mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to talk fancy football too much. Right. So we're going to we're not going to keep updating you guys on on like little things so we'll we'll come up with one of these probably like once a month just update you guys and then we're gonna hit it hard and you know once the season's over oh yeah once the season's over you know that's where we kind of shine with the draft process and free agency and all that that good stuff so um like i said follow us on instagram and twitter at unfair catch um the show is on spotify itunes soundcloud and google play uh appreciate you guys listening man and we'll see you guys next time peace peace